At just 23 years old, Naomi Osaka is already one of the best tennis players in the world. She was scheduled to play in this month's French Open, which is one of the major tournaments in the sport. But Osaka caused controversy when she announced before matches even began that she wouldn't do any press conferences. She cited the, quote, huge waves of anxiety she feels talking during them. French Open officials weren't sympathetic and fined her $15,000. Then this past Monday, Osaka stunned everyone. She announced she was withdrawing from the tournament altogether. I'm Gustavo Arellano. You're listening to The Times, daily news from the LA Times. Today is June 2nd, 2021. The Biden administration suspends drilling leases in the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge. The World Health Organization announces COVID variants to be named after Greek alphabet letters. And hackers have buckled the American beef industry with a computer attack. Cows rejoice worldwide while chickens shudder. Osaka's move has highlighted an issue long bubbling in the sports world. In a place where stress is part of the game, what about an athlete's mental health? Today, we talk about Osaka's decision and how it fits into a long history of women upending traditional expectations of what an athlete is supposed to do. My colleague Helene Elliott has followed Naomi Osaka's career almost from the start when she pulled an upset over the legendary Serena Williams at the 2018 U.S. Open. Hey, Helene. Hi, how are you doing? Very good. Thank you. Naomi Osaka was already a revolutionary woman in tennis before all of this happened. She was a black Asian woman in a sport that has few black or Asian top players. Someone who actually apologized when she beat Serena Williams for her first major victory because it denied Williams a chance to make history. Everyone was sort of unhappy up there. Um, And I know that it wasn't really like the ending wasn't how people wanted it to be. I know that in my dreams, I won like in a very tough competitive match. So I, I don't know. I just felt very emotional and I felt like I had to apologize. And now someone who's openly speaking about mental health. Does it surprise you that Osaka is a person who has sparked all these discussions? Not really, in the sense that last year uh, during the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, she was marching in demonstrations uh, at the U.S. Open every day. She wore a face mask with the name of a different victim of police uh, shootings. Uh, So she was very firm in stating her beliefs and standing up behind them. I know there were a lot of people in the tennis establishment who didn't like that she was wearing those masks and and being so outspoken about her beliefs, but she stuck to her guns. Yeah, I mean, tennis is a sport. I still remember when Andre Agassi, it was was a big fuss when he actually wore whites to Wimbledon. This is like 25 years ago or so. Yeah, I mean, there there's an element of the old guard of people who, and I think you find this almost in any sport, people who do things because it's always been done that way. And that's not necessarily good for the future of a sport. I mean, you want to respect the tradition, of course, but you have to look forward and say, how are we going to appeal to young people now, the people who are going to be our ticket buyers, who are going to uh, buy the products that our athletes represent and who, you know, the sponsors that they have. Um, What are we going to do to keep this sport appealing for the future? And Naomi Osaka is very much a person whose appeal Uh, crosses generations, it crosses ethnic lines, it crosses uh, just every kind of uh, athlete I've seen commenting. I mean, Steph Curry 
uh, commented on her and backed her uh, withdrawal from the French Open. So I think other athletes recognize her courage and her ability. And this is somebody who's going to be an important part of tennis for many years. Yeah, Steph Curry, of course, from a basketball player from the Golden State Warriors. Earlier this week, the French Tennis Federation president, Zil Moreton, said this. First and foremost, we are sorry and sad for Naomi Osaka. The outcome of Naomi withdrawing from Roland Garros is unfortunate. At the press conference, ironically, he didn't take any questions from reporters. Helene, can you tell us exactly how unprecedented all of this is? This is completely unprecedented, and I think it didn't have to be. I think um, one of the things about Osaka is that she issued the first statement before play began, and then she withdrew after she had played her first round match and been fined. In her second message, she acknowledged that she could have been clearer the first time around. In her statement where she said that she wasn't going to speak to the media, um, she didn't mention the fact that she had been experiencing depression. But I think her second statement where she talked about uh, having experienced depression for so long, I think that kind of made people stand up and go, wow, hmm, this is really something serious. This isn't a spoiled brat not wanting to take questions that point out her failures on clay. This is somebody who is dealing with something real, something that I think a lot of people have dealt with during the pandemic. I mean, you've seen it all around us, if not in your own household, then you've seen it maybe in your friends and uh, just all the adjustments everybody around the world has had to make to a different life and different socialization. And um, she's rich, but that doesn't make her immune from mental health issues. And to me, what's very telling about her character is that even as all this is going with her, she's apologizing. She has no reason to apologize for what's going on in her life. And yet she's telling the sport that she plays. I'm sorry, I could have been more clear. Well, I think she could have been more clear, to be honest with you. I think had she been more clear, I think the sense would have been stronger of, yeah, this is something we really need to pay attention to. And I think, you know, it it was handled badly by the uh, directors of the four major Grand Slam tournaments who issued a joint statement saying this is violations and repeated violations call for specific penalties and we're going to keep penalizing her and maybe we'll default her out of the tournament and maybe we'll bar her from future Grand Slam tournaments. That was a way, way wild overreaction. So I think it could have been handled better from everybody involved. And it's funny because on Tuesday, the those same Grand Slam people issued a statement saying, oh, we're so sorry, we wish her the best, and, you know, furiously backtracking, having read the room and realized that people are being sympathetic to Osaka when they weren't. Coming up, Helene spoke with tennis legends about Naomi Osaka's decision. We'll have those reactions after this break. We're back. Helene, you wrote that Naomi Osaka deserves empathy, not condemnation, a message that stands in direct opposition to the, quote, shut up and dribble crowd that has long dominated sports journalism and commentary. But it seems like this time you mentioned earlier with Steph Curry, the sports world seems more understanding, if not just altogether accepting. Yeah, I think we've seen it with Kevin Love, the basketball player. We've seen it with uh, so many celebrities. We've seen it with everyday baseball players. I mean, Zach Greinke played for the Dodgers. He was frank in discussing he had had some issues. Uh, He got medication or treatment or whatever he did, and he's been able to go forward and be healthy and and happy, and and that's the important thing. And again, I think the pandemic, and this is something that – 
former tennis player Pam Shriver brought up to me when I spoke to her is uh, she has three teenagers. Two of them have had mental health issues because of the pandemic, because they can't socialize, because everything is so different and new. And uh, I think it's become a more common and more understandable issue to everybody. Um, it's not so remote. It's not like somebody is an outlier because they've had mental health issues. We've seen it everywhere and it's more understandable, I think. And people can identify more with Osaka and what she's gone through. What, what about current players on the tour? I, I saw in uh, Naomi's Instagram account, there was a comment from Venus Williams, you know, in support of Venus Williams, another tennis legend. What about some of her competitors? Coco Goff, who is an up-and-coming young American star, also offered support. Others have as well. Um, I think Serena Williams said something to the effect of, I wish she was here so I could give her a big hug. I think the understanding is important. I think that we have to realize people handle stress differently. People are wired differently. Any crisis that you're in, whether it's a delayed plane or a late restaurant meal, you know, some people handle it well, some people go ballistic. You have to leave room for people to handle it however they're wired to do it, to come to the realization that maybe they need help and to get help if, if that's the case. That we're even talking about mental health and sports, you know, this past generation is pretty unprecedented in the total history of sports. So you mentioned Kevin Love, a basketball player, Zach Greinke, a baseball player. Uh, then I'm thinking in the past, like not so distant past, but still further than that, like Meta World Peace, the basketball Absolutely. player. Mm-hmm. And then going way, way back. Jimmy Pearsall. Yeah, that's exactly mm-hmm. who I was going to say. Jimmy Pearsall baseball player from the 1950s who suffered a nervous breakdown, then his struggles were made in, into a film called Fear Strikes Out. So, But when they talked about those struggles, fans looked at them as like, you know, anomalies, really sad cases. They, they sympathize, but they just like, oh, you know, they just broke down. But that's obviously not happening now in this generation. What has happened? I think there's more empathy. I think there's more room for empathy. And again, I think we're seeing it all around us. Uh, you know, even... Uh, Everyday people, people who aren't tennis stars or basketball stars, have become frustrated, have become depressed, have become uh, emotionally um, upset or during this whole pandemic, uh, not having work or being forced to work when you don't want to or when you're not sure it's safe, uh, you know, forced to be to change everything you knew about the way you did your job and the way you lived your life. I mean, those are huge changes. And again, some people handled it better than others, but just because somebody handled it differently doesn't mean that they should be shamed. Historically, of course, we see our sports heroes as like gods, gods and goddesses. They're unassailable. They're not human. Them talking about their own struggles makes them very much human. Do you think this is good for uh, the whole idea of sports heroes and sports worship in general? Absolutely. I mean, I think um, the real heroes are the people, the doctors and nurses, and the the heroes should be teachers and preschool teachers and all that. The way our society is structured, we make athletes heroes. And okay, that's fine. But I think it's completely healthy to see that these people are flawed. You know, they feel doubts, like you do every day, or I do, or anybody else can feel doubts. Um, I think it's absolutely healthy to to know that they go through this and they can be role models in the sense of, you know, seeing Naomi Osaka give a name to what she was feeling, to give it the name depression, 
I think is going to encourage a lot of other people to take a harder look and go, you know what, you know, what I feel could be depression. Should I get help? What should I do next? I think just to open the conversation and to make people aware that it's more common than you may think, some people just hide it better than others. Um, you know, to put it out there for athletes to say, you know what, I've had that too. I've, I've experienced that. I think can help a lot of people feel better and be more willing to get help if they need it. We'll have more after this break. Helene, women in sports are often the front line of shifting the expectations we have of athletes in general. Do you think with what happened with Naomi Osaka, this is one of those moments? I think it potentially could be. I think that Osaka has such a broad appeal, not only because of her youth and her success, but culturally. She is fluent in Japanese. Her mother's Japanese. Her father is Haitian. Um, she stands up for uh, Black Lives Matter. She has uh, worked for causes that promote equality and uh, justice. And um, she touches so many groups and so many people in ways that other athletes may not be able to. Um, I think for her to stand up there to talk about depression, to say she's getting help, sends a powerful message to a lot of different people and one that people can relate to. Naomi now joins, uh, you know, the pantheon of women in tennis who have not just affected the sport itself, but also society. You look at the Williams sisters from Compton, Billie Jean King, of course, from Long Beach, Martina Navratilova. She was an out athlete at a time where very, very few athletes were out. I mean, to this day. And now Naomi pushing their own personal issues and being in some way a spokesperson for them for society at large. Yeah, I think you can go even further back to Althea Gibson, who was a black player, uh, one of the first black players to have huge success. And, you know, all of the women you mentioned are trailblazers in different ways. Uh, Theo Gibson is, is one of the few black players. You know, this, the Williams sisters coming from where they did from Compton, uh, facing opposition in terms of their father controlling their career, you know, facing racism, uh, powering their way through that. Uh, getting through that wasn't easy. Um, you had Martina Navratilova coming in, and she challenged, I think, a lot of the women at that time to be more physically fit. You know, she was very muscular. That was not considered the quote-unquote ideal for female tennis players at that time. But she challenged her presence and her success, raised the stakes, and uh, inspired other women to lift weights, to become more physically fit, to bring that element of power to their game. What's the immediate ramification for tennis, Helene, in the wake of Naomi's decision? Well, the next Grand Slam tournament coming up is Wimbledon, which is uh, starting at the end of June. And Osaka has not given any indication whether she'll play there. I certainly hope she does. Uh, but when uh, she issued her statement the other day saying that she was going to take some time off, she didn't say how much time off she's going to take. Um, and, you know, at this point, I think it's more important that she get healthy and happy and feel comfortable in what she's doing than putting her on any kind of timetable. Thank you so much for this interview, Helene. Sure. Anytime.
And that's it for this episode of The Times, daily news from the LA Times. Tomorrow on The Times, in the wake of the pandemic and Trump's loss, a coalition of conservatives have banded together against local government in Northern California. We look at how this has affected one city up there. Our show is produced by Shannon Lynn, Stephen A. Cuevas, and Denise Guerra. Our executive producer is Abby Fentress Swanson. Our engineer is Mario Diaz. Our editor is Shawnee Hilton. And our theme music is by Andrew Eben. I'm Gustavo Ariano. We'll be back tomorrow with all the news and desmadre. Gracias. <laughs>